Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, broken in the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palace, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves those gummy bears. And I got her a fresh bottle of JMO today at the liquor store in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion jacket up should do that. All my friends that come around flats and flats and party of rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tattered. My brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shagged. Ooh. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High, Mafia, and the great Joe Ranieri in South FLA with all of that gorgeous hunk, <laughs> We got a really big show today. Birthday boys and girls. Happy birthday to you. Mario Balotelli, 30 today. Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, 32. Plaxico Burris, member Plax, 43. Antoine Walker, NBA, 44. Todd Marchant, 47. NHLer Pete Sampras with all of his slams, 49. And Sam Rosen, our good friend and broadcaster, NHL and NFL style in New York with the Rangers and, of course, on Fox Sam Rosen, 73 today. Happy birthday, Sam. We love you. We got a big uh, roll call today, including George Blue Line Kurtz. Captain Kurtz is on today talking NHL. We got a game getting ready to drop this very second. Islanders and Capitals from Toronto. We've already seen the Boston Bruins win in double overtime over Carolina today. Four to three on a Bergevin game winner from the right circle on a beautiful pass from Pasternak, your boy, sending it over for the one-timer. And that was all she wrote. The Lightning win the epic five-overtime battle against Columbus last night. The game got over about 40 minutes before I went on Pharrell on a bench. The game started when I was doing coast-to-coast. It lasted six hours and 15, 20 minutes. It was crazy. An NHL record, 85 saves for Corpusalo. The guy was incredible in net, but he lost. What could be worse? That's like Harvey Haddock's 13 innings, perfect game. Pirates still lost the game. They'll never live it down. Seth Jones blames the refs. He played over 65 minutes in the game, Jones. 
Should the NHL ditch the never-ending overtime? Vegas takes game one easily over the Blackhawks. And then you get more games tonight. We'll talk about all of those. How about the Penguins? They fired all their assistant coaches. Maybe they should fire some of them hack players that did nothing for them in the tournament up in Toronto uh, that stood around watching uh, Montreal skate circles around them, acting like they didn't care, like it was all going to happen for them in a blink of an eye. Fired all the assistant coaches. Like, how pathetic is that? Rutherford, I mean, come on, bro. You can do better than that. Dame Lillard goes off for 61. How many times do I have to tell you on this show he's better than Paul George? This guy has a 51, a 61 back-to-back. I mean, when does George do that ever? Like, never. How does that sound? Paul George reached out to Dame about the feud to apologize and let him know that he understands that he's getting B-slapped by him as a player anyway. C.J. McCollum playing with a fractured back. Devin Booker goes off again for the Suns, another 35 spot. Memphis loses again. They're now in ninth. John Morant says they need a win in their last game. Gee, you think? Spurs developing players and chasing the playoffs. A win-win for Pop. We'll hear from him. We've got your updated eight seed scenarios. Giannis, the headbutt. We'll hear from him on Coast to Coast. Montrez Harrell finally back for the Clippers. He's got all kinds of challenges like, how about conditioning? He hasn't played in, I don't know how many months. He left for his grandmother's uh, death and funeral and never came back. So he's not in shape. That's the problem with him. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates across the nation. Don't forget Sports Grid Radio Overnights for All Events, 1 a.m. Sports Rage, 3 a.m. Uh, Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 a.m. SportsGridRadio.com to check it out. And you can watch us do the shows on YouTube. Just search Sports Grid Radio. I'll see you tonight on the bench. NBA players uh, allowing their families to show up now. And guests will be allowed to enter the bubble. No casual relationships. Have to approve a longstanding relationship with non-family members. I just think it's a bad idea to begin with. Letting in all these people into that bubble. I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop of something going wrong. They have everything done perfectly right now. Why let them in? It makes no sense to me at all. I can't figure that out. Pacers extend Nate McMillan. They give him a few more years on his deal. Warriors believe Anthony Edwards could be the face of the franchise if they can get him in the draft. Curry getting his own branded Under Armour like Jordan has with Nike. Trump calls NBA players very dumb, very nasty for kneeling during the anthem. It never ends with this guy. He says he uh, hopes the NFL never opens if they're not going to stand for the anthem. Brett Favre thinks Aaron Rodgers should be on the Bears. Chargers coach Anthony Lynn reveals he had COVID. Doug Peterson back at work in Philly with the Eagles. Sean McDermott, a new deal with the Bills. We'll talk about everything NFL. Will they move the draft? ESPN would be interested in Saturday NFL games. Then again, who wouldn't be interested in Saturday NFL games? How about Monday through Sunday NFL games? They already got them on Monday, Thursday. How about Friday, Saturday, Sunday? How about every day? Washington plans to have no fans at all. We'll talk about everything. Pac-12, Ohio State. We'll hear from Gene Smith and Larry Scott, the commissioners. Ryan Day has an idea for starting the spring season in January. We'll talk ACC, SEC, Greg Sankey on the show today. And then we're going to talk baseball. We got Aaron Judge going off again. We'll talk about the Mets losing. Joey Votto, big walk-off win for the Reds. We're going to have Sugar Shane O'Malley on the show today, getting ready for his UFC fight on Saturday in Vegas. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. watching the Stanley Cup games uh, in the middle of coast to coast while I'm on live and I'm watching fights breaking out on the ice. There's shots firing at Varlamov. I mean, this is we've already seen a fight break out. Anders Lee and Carlson went at it. I don't know why he got the extra two minutes. Anders Lee, what he stick his thumb in his eyeball? Let's bring in Blue Line Kurtz, our boy George Kurtz. We love talking hockey with him. We like talking sports with him. We like him in general. Here he is. George, why did Lee get the extra two minutes? What was that about? A little strange here. Uh, before that play happened, Lee had hit uh, Nicholas Backstrom. There was no arm up in the air for either referee, but all of a sudden the phantom interference penalty came up against Lee. And then Carlson was actually coming over to, I guess, answer the call there that, yo, you hit our best player or one of our best players. We're going to go fight you. But there was no arm in the air from either referee there. It's a phantom call there, a makeup call here. These two teams do not like each other. It really has nothing to do with Barry Trotz. It's all about Tom Wilson, who's taken a couple of runs at the Islanders through the years, and he... He's Tom Wilson's a guy who, if you're an Islander fan or you go by the Islanders, he doesn't answer the bell. He'll fight your middleweight, but he will not fight the Islanders' heavyweights. He's declined fights with Eric Johnson, Matt Martin, and that has rankled the Islanders the wrong way here. We're seeing it again here. There was another – this one involved uh, Tom Wilson, a little little scrum, a little get-together here. These, this is going to be a long series, guys, and like I said, these two teams do not like each other. You know, he's uh, it's unbelievable because I can't stand him either, Wilson. I think he's a, a very dirty player in the NHL. But the thing is, I have to admit that he actually produces points. The guy can play. It's not like he's, you know, this guy Reeves that played on the Penguins that plays in Vegas now that I saw him score a goal one night. Carver High and I were at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. The guy scored a goal off the jump in the third period when they dropped the puck at the beginning of the period. I almost fell over when I saw the guy score a goal because he's so awful. But actually, I think Wilson can, can play. Oh, you're absolutely right. 
Wilson's the kind of guy you hate playing against him, but everybody wants this kind of guy on their team. And he plays on the top line with Ovechkin. All right, he can play. He has some skill. Listen, he's not a skillful player, but he's not a goon either. Uh, a one-trick pony who's just going to drop the gloves and that's it. He can play, which is what it's, it's what makes him valuable because you could put him out there to protect Ovechkin. So not that now listen, AO can protect themselves. He's one of the better players that way. He's not a Gretzky type. He's a McSorley, but you can he, you can keep Wilson out there as a deterrent for anybody taking runs at AO, and he won't bring that line down. At least not all, down all that much. He can score goals. And he stands in front of the net and he takes a beating and and he dishes it out. I do think he's a dirty player underneath it all. I think he's got like a, uh, you know, he'd be like the guy you didn't expect to be robbing the bank. The whole time he thought he was a businessman. And meanwhile, he was robbing the bank. I think he plays a dirty brand of hockey for sure. I was surprised to see that they had beaten him five out of seven series in their history in the playoffs, the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders have had success against Washington. Like this was a weird year this year between the the two teams. Uh, I think the Islanders blew a four goal lead against Washington earlier in the year. If that matters to anybody, it was five months ago, and really, this is a new season. The question for the Islanders is. Can they calm Ovechkin down? You know, calm that offense down. You know he's going to be in the circle there. Don't take penalties, which they obviously just did here. And for Washington, I don't know how you feel, Scott, but I thought there were three teams in the round robin that took it off, didn't care. You know, they, they just didn't play very hard. I thought it was Dallas. Well, they lost game one. I thought it was Boston. They won game one. And I thought Washington was that other team that just said, you know what? Let's just stay healthy. We already had Carlson hurt. Carlson is playing today. We already had Carlson hurt. We don't need any other injuries. The Islanders match up very well against Washington, and they are a hot team. The Islanders dominated Florida. So I think it's going to be a very close series. I think the series goes seven. Yeah, I like the Islanders uh, before I even knew that uh, history. And I knew they had beaten them a few times this season. And I knew they had blown that big lead and lost that game 6-4 or whatever. But the bottom line is, uh, it was the playoff history that I didn't remember, that they had had all these great uh, rivalry uh, series that the Islanders had somehow found a way to win. But I going into this series, I just thought that they were – um, you know, really the Beauvillier, Nelson, Bailey, uh, I think that chemistry is good enough to beat Washington. And I just, frankly, George, I don't think Washington is that good anymore. Ever since they won the cup, they've just been like, Carter High said it best. I mean, they had the greatest hangover in the history of the NHL because they partied when they won that cup. I mean, they Ovechkin drank more booze than all of Russia, honestly. I mean, listen, when they won the cup, we were listening or trying to find out on whatever social media what Ovechkin was doing with the cup next. Uh, he was drinking out of uh, fountains in Las Vegas, getting <laughs> drunk there. It was, listen, it, was a, it was fantastic. Ovechkin is my favorite player in the NHL uh, I, for, for all these reasons. He's, I think he's the best goal scorer ever. Yes, better than Gretzky. Different kind of different era they play in here. Uh, goal scorer, not player, goal scorer ever. Right. I like everything he does, and he's a tough guy. You know, He's not afraid to take it or to give out a hit. He doesn't need someone to be uh, his bodyguard to sit by him. So I, uh, I have great respect uh, for the great A for AO. And listen, another get-together here in this game, the third right. one. This, <laughs> this is going to be a rough series, man. Someone got a roughing penalty here. I don't know if it was Matt Martin or TJ Oshie, but this is going to be a rough and tumble series. I love it. Are you surprised that, uh, George, that they're actually uh, – because I got to go on to some other series here really quick. But are you surprised they're throwing so many fists and, and knowing that they're going to be sitting in the penalty box? It's not the way the Islanders want to play. 
You know, Anders Lee taking that penalty early. You don't want to put Ovechkin on the power play. Yeah, you got away with it once. You do it over and over again. Sooner or later, he's going to find the back of the net. So the Islanders, I think, need to pipe it down a little bit. Calm down. Play your game, which is to be aggravating. You know, and just a boring game. The Islanders want to play a boring game. Hey, George, I don't agree with anyone that wants to change the overtime rules of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. The five-overtime game yesterday I thought was gripping. We've seen those games before. My Penguins lost to the Flyers in a five-overtime game uh, going way back. That was the fourth-longest game ever yesterday. Do you like it or not? I love the overtime games. Why would anybody want to change that? Why? Because the Boston and Carolina weren't able to play last night, and they had to move the game to today, and that had to be a double overtime game. I don't know why anybody would want to change that. Listen, I have no problem with what the NHL does during the regular season. Personally, I think they should play overtime then also and just play till someone dies. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to tie. I, I hate ties during the regular season. I want a winner, and I want a loser. Uh, but fine. Regular season, you don't want the games to go on forever. You want to go to your four-on-four, your three-on-three, your shootout. Fine. I'm okay with it. Playoffs, though, you play or someone scores. I think that's exhilarating hockey. I'll say this again. If you were a fan or you had money on the game yesterday or any kind of rooting interest in that Tampa Bay Blue Jacket game, were you able to sit down? I would be pacing here like there's no tomorrow going. I mean, really, biting my nails and flipping out about that kind of game. I think it's fantastic. Hey, I thought it was great. I thought uh, that, that goalie. Uh, was incredible. 85 Oops, saves. Oh. It reminds me of Harvey Haddix. He didn't win after a perfect game. 13 innings, a perfect game, and you lose. Uh, that guy, Carpasalo, uh, that was incredible. 85 saves. So what did you think of uh, the Bruins game today? Bergevin with the winner in double overtime. The Bruins, they looked a lot better than they did in that uh, round robin. Amazing, isn't it? Because that's what I wanted to see. Boston pretty much admitted. They came out, a couple of guys, they didn't come out and say it. You know, word for word, but they said, ah, we really didn't care about the round robin. We had injuries going in. We wanted to stay healthy. So I was wondering, could they flip the switch and play play hockey again, play their band, play our brand of hockey? Because Carolina blitzed the Rangers. Now, maybe it hurt Carolina a little bit that they haven't played in about a week. I mean, they went through the Rangers real quick. So I, I was wondering that as well. But it was a good, good game. I enjoyed watching it. Love 11 a.m. hockey, by the way. I'll take that every day of the week. Fantastic. Uh I think this is another series that it goes a long way. These two teams played each other last year in the conference finals. I still think Boston's the better team here. Because well, mainly because Carolina is like a poor man's Boston from maybe a year or two ago. They're a one-line team. If you can stop Svechnikov, if you can stop Aho, if you can stop Taravainen, you stop Carolina. And that's what Boston has to do, and I think they're capable of doing that. I got to tell you, I got about 40 seconds, George. Uh, I think the Islanders, they're getting screwed by the refs. That's two power plays. Now they're going to give them, what are they going to give them, 10? I got to be real quick here. Coyotes, Avs, Canadians, Flyers, Canucks, Blues. I got 30 seconds. Who do you like in those games, George? Give me the Avs. I think they win the series pretty easy. Uh, Canadians, Flyers is interesting. But, uh, give me the Flyers here in about six games, and I think they win tonight as well. And I'm going to take the dog, though, in the last one. So I'm going to give me the dog there. But other than that, I like a lot of the favorites tonight. So you think the Canucks are going to beat the Stanley Cup champion Blues? I got 15 seconds. I do. Blues, another team. Didn't play well in that round, Robin. Give me the Canucks in game one. Blues have to pick it up later. Vegas looked good. Calgary looked good. We'll keep our eyes on this Islander cap game. Blue line, great job. I love you. Thanks for coming on Coast to Coast. Anytime, guys. Good luck. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
So, uh, Cam, can you even uh, fathom that they have called three penalties already? Garbage. Ten minutes into this game, and they've given the Capitals three power plays. At what point? At what point do you start saying the refs are getting paid? I mean, honestly, you got to give them at least one call. You cannot have. Well, what is next? They're going to have nine power plays in the game. I mean, this game has been so poorly officiated so far, and I can't stand either team. I'm completely objective. I'm rooting for the Islanders based on betting purposes and for Carver High. That's his team. But they're getting shafted right now in this game. I don't understand any of these calls. He's calling another one. This guy's calling another one. I'm going to have a heart attack. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I do have money on the Islanders, and I will say this. And I'm a fa- I'm a fan this of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, well, they should have a lot more on the Caps. I watch the Islanders game like Carver High, and I don't want to say it. I think the Islanders get jobbed a lot. Uh, just when I look at them against uh, star teams, players with stars, because they have that no-nonsense brand of hockey, I find that uh, they often get the short end of the stick. I'm on them today, too. Heartbreaking loss. I bet Carolina had the over, but uh, Carolina thought they could add a couple chances to win that game. Boston looked real good, though. After the first five minutes of that game, these guys got slapped in the face. They woke up. Should be a great series, Scotty, but I'm with you. I'm watching this game, and uh, the Islanders are doing the exact same things as Washington, yet it's a parade to the box for them. The, the league loves Washington. Well, they finally gave the Islanders a power play, uh, but uh, it's not much of one because they got to go four on four to finish off their own penalty. And then they'll have a short power play, which I'm sure they'll be able to generate just about nothing. Uh, But this game has been very dirty from the jump. Are you surprised that, that they're willing to throw hands and go to the box and lose guys on the ice in a playoff game early? I love it, I, and I, I think the Islanders, I have no problem with that approach. Uh, Washington has bullies on their team, still Ovechkin. He likes to get to mix it up. Tom Wilson's a goon, but a talented guy. He can also play hockey, so the fact that uh, Anders Lee's throwing bombs, I love it. I love the I love the Islanders' complete game. I'm telling you, uh, I'm a Leaf fan. I wish I was uh, with Carver Hyde. I love the way these guys play hockey. I love Barry Trotz. I think he's the best coach in the league. I love their system, and I love their underrated players. All they do is put on their hard hat and go to work every day. I have them. I bet them in this game. Game two, Scotty, plus 115, ultra interested. So go Islanders. I'm not going to lie about it. I hope they get it done. Yeah, what did you think of the five-overtime game? Uh, I'm going to tell you, for all these turkeys that say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's only limit the overtime and do this. Hey, I get it. The NHL has to change their schedule. That's what makes hockey special. The games can go on all night long. You've seen it, quadruple overtime games, five overtime games. It was fantastic. And the level of hockey that they were playing at there, oh, my God, man, that's insane. Like, how many guys lost probably about 10 pounds in body weight? The goaltender soaked in water, their equipment. Oh, man, what a what a hockey game. And I'll tell you something. I really like that Tampa Bay team, uh, Braden Point. He's amazing. Gord is probably one of the most underrated players in the league. And if Vasilevsky gives him any type of uh, saving, uh, you know, if he's on fire, uh, Tampa Bay is probably going to the cup. I like Carolina, but watching Tampa Bay and the speed they played at, that was scary. Karpisalov made 85 saves. I'm worried about, like, because the the, uh, Lightning are way better talent-wise, speed-wise, passing-wise, skating-wise, everything. But they couldn't score on this guy. So you know he's got something uh, going for him against them. So I think that series is going to be chaos. Cam, we'll talk to you again next hour. Thanks a lot, buddy. You you got it, Scotty. Good luck with your bet. Thank you. Uh, Do we have – can we play the Braden Point overtime, uh, five overtime winner in that game yesterday, Carver High? 
Yes, we can. Here it is on Fox Sports. Who drop again? Scuffs that that hit. Gavrikov. They score! It's fired by Braden Point. The shot hit. Gavrikov came back to Point, and he fires it in for the game-winning goal in overtime number five. And the Lightning capture Game One of the series. Wow, it was something else, unbelievable. All right, let's jump to the NBA. Yeah, let's do it, Scotty. Last night, another big night for Damian Lillard. He follows up a 51-point game with a 61-point game. He is trying to lead the Blazers into the playoffs any way that he can. He says that they control their own destiny now. Here's Lillard. That's the, the most important game of our lives. You know, we tonight was great. You know, this is what we said we need one win. We're going to focus on one game. We got this one done. And that's the most important one. We got to finish it all right. We got to come out with the same mentality we had tonight, get the job done. Um, we control our own destiny and we know what we got to do. So we got to go get rested, take care of ourselves, and get ready for the next one. You know, I just can't see uh, after all they've been through, after all they've done, and I've been riding them every single game, I can't see them not getting it done. I mean, this guy is got, he's on a mission from God. Uh, to get that team into the playoff series with the Lakers, whatever, just to get in. I think he's been uh, the best player there. Unbelievable. Uh, It's just been sickening watching him light people up. And uh, all these other people talking bad about him, they're just jealous that they don't have his scoring ability. The guy's an absolute dagger maker. I mean, he is so clutch, it's not even funny. And he's got that little feud with Paul George going on right now, Scotty. And allegedly, George reached out to Lillard because some of their family members started going at it on social media. You know, you've got uh, sisters and wives and girlfriends and all sorts of things yelling at each other. So it sounds like George reached out to Dame to be like, can we calm this whole thing down? Uh, We'll see how that goes in the future. CJ McCollum also, Scotty, has been playing with a fractured back injury. So, uh, you know, he's been out there for them. Lillard's obviously been doing the heavy lifting. But if they do end up playing the Lakers, you would like to have everybody at full strength. That's for sure. Yeah, like uh, I can uh, compare it to myself. Like I play, I used, I've never had uh, knock on wood back problems, but I got them like Saturday. I got cranked in the back. Something happened to my back. And I've been playing Sunday, Tuesday with this back. And I mean to tell you, like you can barely get up and down the court. It hurts so bad. If you have a bad lower back in basketball, you will never be the same in terms of your game. You're not going to have your jump shot. You're not going to be able to run. You're not going to be able to bend over. You're not going to be able to go for loose balls. You're not going to be able to reach. You're not going to be able to swat a shot. I mean, if there's a knife in your back, which is what it feels like, uh, I can't even believe the guy can play with it. By the way, Westbrook, they're saying now he's got a quad and he's going to have an MRI. So now all of a sudden the Rockets have problems. If the Rockets don't have Russell Westbrook out there uh, in the playoffs, uh, with just Harden and the rest of that team, Tucker, they'll lose. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. We'll see what happens with Westbrook. Let's run through these teams that are also in the mix for the eighth spot right now, Scotty. Devin Booker goes off again. The Suns win. They are 7-0 and in the bubble. They still are going to need a little help. We'll look at that in a moment. Memphis loses. They get whacked by the Celtics yesterday. They are now in the ninth spot. So they would have to, if it ended today, they would play the Blazers and have to beat them twice, which I don't think they would do. Here's John Morant saying, we got one game left. It's all on the table. Let's go get it. One game left. I attack that game as um, any other game. Um, don't put any pressure on ourselves and go out and do what we try to do every game and try to get a win. I think everybody, Brooks, Clark, Allen, Valanciunas, all have to step their games up 
another five or six points each. You can't have them all having 12 and 14 points. They got to all get up to around 18 to 20 plus points each for them to win because I think they've lost, you know, 20 to 25 points with Jared Jackson's injury. They have to take their games to another level or their season will end. The Spurs are still in the mix as well, Scotty. Greg Popovich, their coach, says it's been a win-win for him. You know, we've been developing some of these young players and chasing a playoff spot. If they do make it, he says, just going to be icing on the cake. Here's Pop. Now, if if we are fortunate enough to have another team or two help us and we win uh, today uh, and then the next game, that'll be thrilling. But... Uh, we've already accomplished what we thought we were capable of accomplishing, and that's what's important. If we if we got in now, it would be icing on the cake. Well, no doubt about it, uh, and I bet on him yesterday. By the way, I went 12-2 and two in my NBA bets on uh, Tuesday for allonevents.com. That's where people love to hide that money from your wife. All I know is uh, the Spurs were a great play yesterday. They got it done. They're playing really good ball. I think they're running in transition. I think they're uh, getting easy buckets because of that. They're playing D. They're cleaning the boards. They're doing all the things you got to do to win games. And Pop's got them playing loose and confident right now. Uh, another team right there on the cusp. I just have this uh, weird feeling, though, that the Spurs and Suns, even though Booker's done what he's done, 30-plus a game, 35-point games left and right, incredible performances, they've gone unbeaten, I still don't think they're going to make it. Well, let's take a look right now, Scotty, at the scenarios for this eighth seed. All four teams play their last game tomorrow. Let's look what each has to do. The Blazers are winning in pretty much. If they win, they get the eighth seed, bottom line. The Grizzlies, a win, and they are going to get the ninth seed. They kind of, those two teams are in the driver's seat. The Suns and the Spurs need help. The Blazers play the Nets tomorrow. The Grizzlies are playing the Bucks. Suns are playing the Mavs. And the Spurs are playing the Jazz. So there are all the scenarios. Do you think, uh, I don't know, Scotty, honestly, I don't know what the Bucks are planning tomorrow or how they're going to approach this game, but the Grizzlies have played so bad. And I want to see the Suns in. Give me the Blazers and the Suns on Saturday in this playing game. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I could handle the Blazers, Suns, or Spurs. I know the Blazers, in my opinion, and I've been on this for a month, uh, however long it's gone on. Uh, ever since they got Jerkic back, Collins back, and the way Gary Trent's played, I've said it a million times over and over on his show, he has been giving them 20-plus a game and been phenomenal. They constantly kick the ball out to uh, Trent, and he hits these big threes. The guys, it's like he's stroking free throws. He's shot so well from outside. So uh, here's another fight breaking out. Wilson beating the crap out of one of the Islanders. It's Anders Lee again. This is his second fight in the game. Uh, oh, my God, Wilson just pummeling Lee. He beat him senseless like a rented mule. Oh, my God, don't mess with Tom Wilson. He just roughed up your captain. Good fight, though. Yeah, I'm waiting to see it. I'm always a couple of seconds behind you. But the, these two teams right now, Scotty, they are t they're like kind of putting their feet down and saying, here's what's going to happen. They're not going to get pushed around by each other. A lot of fights, a lot of skirmishes in the first, a lot of fun so far. I love it. I mean, I can't even believe what I'm seeing that in a playoff game with so much at stake that they're willing to drop and throw hands and go to the box.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's pick it up where we left it off. We'll start with Giannis and the proverbial headbutt. Haymaker, 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 headbutt. Ooh, I got it. (laughs) Speaking of violence, Scotty, last night, uh, Bucks and the Wizards, uh, Giannis got into it with Mo Wagner a little bit, and he got ejected from the game. Here's Giannis afterwards saying, man, what a stupid thing I did. Terrible action. Um... You know, if I could go back, turn back the time and uh, go back to that play, you know, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but then at the end of the day, you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes. I think it was just a whole buildup of dirty plays in my mind, you know, guys tripping me, uh, guys, you know, falling in front of my feet. I have nothing against uh, Wagner. It wasn't just him. I lasted for a second. And uh, if I could go back, you know, I would have changed it. Bottom line is, uh, in the playoffs, he's going to get mauled every game because there's only one way to stop him, and I think it's with physical uh, hard fouls. And to teach him a lesson, uh, when he comes down the lane, and he that's all he does is go for the rack. I mean, the guy drives and, and dunks, and he finishes at the 10. That's all there is to it. I know he can shoot threes. I know he can shoot baseline. I know he can do all that. But what he really likes to do is explode to the basket. And I think teams are going to actually maul him. And if they do, I think there's going to be a lot of violence in the games. And if he loses his school like he did last night and starts headbutting people, he's going to get thrown out of games. If you can get in his head by physically beating him to a pulp, uh, obviously it works. It works, and the Raptors know that playbook from last year, and they will do that. They'll throw all those big bodies at him if they eventually meet here in the East playoffs. Montrez Harrell, Scotty, back for the Clippers. He does face some challenges, mainly uh, the guy hasn't played in weeks. <laughs> That's pretty much the biggest challenge for Harrell. But they've got some time, Scotty, because whoever they play in the first round, I think that they could get by. Uh, you know, the Mavericks, uh, I think they could get by the Mavericks even without Harrell. What do you think? Well, I think the Mavericks are a problem. Uh, I think that it's it's a lot of Doncic and Porzingis and Hardaway, but I think, you know, they have more on that team, but I think the Clippers clearly have the better team. 
Harrell is not in game shape at all. Zero cardio. I don't care what he's been doing back home with uh, his grandmother's passing. Uh, you cannot tell me that that guy's in game shape. And to be able to run for 40 minutes, uh, I have serious doubts. But I will say, I think he's a great player, a very physical, uh, dominant player. The guy is a monster defensively and inside offensively on the glass, putbacks, dunks. Uh, I love his game. The Clippers should lock him up long term. The guy is a force to be reckoned with in the NBA, and the Clippers know it. And they're not the same team without him. With him, like you see the Clippers can beat anybody even without him. Look what they're going to be able to do with him. I think they're the best team in the West. I really do. I've been hearing all this Lakers stuff that I can handle. I'm not uh, finishing that meal. I don't believe in the Lakers. The NBA sent a memo to all of the players today, Scotty, basically saying if you are still around after the first round, so this is only for the last eight teams that are going to be left, they're going to let you bring family members or very close friends into the bubble. There's a maximum amount of people that you can bring. They have to quarantine for a certain amount of days. Um, you have to prove that if they're not a family member, how close they are to you. Uh, Scotty, you said it perfectly at the start of the show. Everything has been working so good for weeks in this NBA bubble. Why, oh, why are you going to potentially throw a wrench into it and let a whole bunch of people in there? It makes no sense to me. I guess so guys can have relations. They're uh, what those friendships mean are lovers and, uh, you know, family members, obviously I get it, but I still don't even agree with frankly, letting family members in, uh, you know, I just think the more the merrier in terms of, uh, the potential for the COVID to seep into the bubble. If you've mastered the bubble, and you've got it down to a science right now, and everything's working perfectly, why would you tinker with that or mess with that or let people come into it? It makes absolutely zero sense to me. The NBA's had it all figured out. Why would you deviate from a plan that's working by taking those risks? I think it's a big mistake. The Pacers have extended coach Nate McMillan, so he's going to be around there for a while. The Warriors believe that if they get their hands on Anthony Edwards at the top of the draft, that he could be a face of the franchise type player being paired with Curry and Clay and that whole group over there. We'll see what happens next week. They're going to be pulling that draft lottery. And Steph Curry gets his own brand at Under Armour. It's going to be like uh, Jordan with Nike, Scotty. Well, I think, you know, going back to the Warriors, they better hope they got the number one pick because if they don't, they're not going to get Anthony Edwards. So their big plans to make him the face of the NBA and their franchise, uh, they better have that uh, all figured out in terms of getting the number one because that's the way you get him. Otherwise, someone else is going to take him fast. Another day, another uh, the president uh, taking a shot at a sports league. He said the NBA player is very dumb, very nasty uh, for kneeling uh, for the anthem before the game. So I guess that's just par for the course, right, Scotty? It's like looking in a mirror for him. Dumb and nasty. I mean, he's the poster boy for dumb and nasty. Three games tonight for you. There are a couple of games going on right now. One game, actually, the Pacers have a one-point lead over the Rockets in the second quarter. Tonight, uh, Raptors and 76ers, all these teams in the East, Scotty, pretty much playing out the string. Not much to play for. There's a little bit of intrigue in that 4-5-6, but what do you think here with the Raptors and the Sixers? Well, I think, you know, I like the Raptors and I laid it and I've been pretty hot. So I got it at a different number than that. So all I know is I got a better end of the deal there. The numbers, you know, changed for me from what I got it at. And all I know is 
Uh, Toronto's better than Philly. And, you know, Philly's got no Simmons. And Embiid has had issues. I got a hard time believing. Now, Harris has been going off. They're going to need a lot of that uh, to be in this game. But that number might be too big, uh, in my view, uh, to lay that kind of wood against Philly. I think they'll be in this game. Uh, I got it at a different number at five. So all I know is uh, I like it shorter. But uh, where it is now, I'd be uh, thinking that's pretty risky. You got the Heat, who are minus three and a half, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Yeah, look, uh, again, I got a different number on this game as well, but I will say uh, laying two and a half, I don't have a problem with it. I think they'll beat the Thunder. Uh, I think it's going to be a a good game, uh, et cetera, but I just think Miami's a better team than Oak City. Uh, One of the problems I have is uh, I think that half of that Oak City team's injured. They're not playing, so I like the Heat. Clippers and Nuggets, final game of the night, the late game, the 9 p.m. Eastern start. Minus five for the Clippers at FanDuel right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to go uh, high risk here and go with the upset with the Nuggets. Uh, I think they need it. I think they need to show something here against uh, the best team in the West and prove that they are able to hang with every single team in the West, the Lakers, the Clippers, all of them. And I think... Uh, here's their chance, a perfect chance to show us what you're made of, Malone, and your team, and to see if the you know Jokic can do well and and the rest of his team. Uh, and they've had pieces missing too, Barton and company. All I know is big game for the Nuggets. Uh, the Clippers, to me, are lock, stock, and barrel ready to go. You put Harrell back into the mix when he gets uh, cleared and he's got some burn in him and he can play. But the bottom line is, Uh, I I know Kawhi and PG play hard, whatever, and they go out and do their thing. But this game is meaningless to the Clippers. But I think it does mean something to the Nuggets. I think uh, they have to prove that they're able to beat the best teams. So I'm going to go Denver. Uh, Especially since, Scotty, this could be a little preview of the second round because these two teams are going to be the two and the three seed. So if they both advance, uh, this could be a second round matchup and they're going to play a seven game series. So a little preview of what might be to come between the Nuggets and the Clippers tonight. And I want to see... I want to see Porter and and Murray step up their games. Like Murray uh, has not done enough for me in this uh, bubble, but I think Porter has been phenomenal. In fact, I think Porter's stolen Murray's thunder. Murray was the guy everyone was talking about last year, hitting all these big shots. Now the Nuggets want the ball in Porter's hand. Little NFL now for you, Scotty. How about Brett Favre saying that it would be uh, interesting and wild for Aaron Rodgers to go and play for the Chicago Bears. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Listen, I think it would be uh, fantastic, and I think it would be no different than what uh, happened with Brett Favre uh, when he you know, moved around and played for the Vikings and the Jets and everything else. All I know is uh, I think there's definitely potential for that. I don't think that's happening uh, this year. Maybe next year, I definitely think after two seasons, I'm willing to bet he won't be in Green Bay. I'm willing to bet the two guys that are there right now in Chicago won't be there. So there could be an opening because Foles and uh, Trubisky might not be around the Windy City by the time Rodgers is available, potentially. Count on another that. Trump, another Trump one for you here. He says if the NFL won't stand for the anthem, he hopes they don't open at all. So another two for two for you today, par for the course with uh, President Donald Trump. You know, uh, Chargers coach... You know what's going to be great is watching him get his ass whooped in November. Uh, And I can guarantee you, he's mad about uh, Kamala Harris, 
He's going to be mad when every woman and every African-American on the face of this country vote against him. And you know what else? All those idiots that love him, that have no jobs, no paycheck, no food, can't pay their bills, getting thrown out of their homes, evicted from their apartments, they're all going to vote against him, too. They all loved him until they lost everything because of him. Chargers coach Anthony Lynn revealed on Hard Knocks last night that he did have COVID uh, a while back. He does not even cleared from it now, but uh, during the height of it a couple of months ago, Doug Peterson is back with the Eagles. You know that he left the team about two weeks ago when he was diagnosed with it. And in the contract extensions, we have Sean McDermott, Scotty, Buffalo Bills. He gets four years added on to what he had, so he'll be the head coach now until 2025. Nice extension, well-deserved for McDermott. Well, he's gotten him into the playoffs two of three years. So that's where you get uh, deserved uh, pay raises and extensions and years tacked onto your deal. Sean's done a great job in Buffalo. No doubt about it. They mean business. The NFL is going to test daily until September 5th. They were saying that they were going to do if a certain percentage drop, they'd go to every other day. Forget that. They're going to keep doing what they're doing. They're going to test every day until the start of the season. Probably a smart move by them, Scotty, because it says that they are still laser-focused, the NFL, on playing the Super Bowl on the day that it is currently scheduled. Uh, they, they want to have everything go according to plan here. We'll see. They're going to play uh, NFL games, and they're going to have a season. Uh, that's pretty apparent to me that they're going forward. They're going to have everything. They're going to have – they may change their combine. They may change the draft to May or June, but they're going to have a season. They're going to have a Super Bowl. A lot of teams are going to have no fans. I know that uh, I was always worried I had to apply to get out of my season tickets with the Steelers. Uh, I went through that process the other day, and I got to be honest and just tell the truth. It was very easy, and they told me right to my – a ear on the phone that everyone will be granted that doesn't feel comfortable going to Heinz Field. They'll all be granted uh, uh, to move their money to the following year, which is what I did. I moved it all to 21. I won't be going uh, to Steeler games this year because of the COVID. Dak Prescott says that he wants to retire as a cowboy. We've heard this one now over and over again. We'll see when it actually happens. And uh, how about Michael Irving saying that the Cowboys drafting CeeDee Lamb is like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. I'm sorry, Scotty. I don't get the analogy. Yeah, I don't get that either. But I'll tell you what the better story is about the Cowboys. Uh, and it's not Dak. It's that uh, the old uh, Deion Sanders primetime uh, that he left NFL Network and that he's going to Barstool Sports. I don't care what Michael Irvin says anymore. And I really don't care what Dak Prescott says anymore. I'm so sick and tired of the Cowboys and their – uh, blown off negotiations with their star quarterback, the way they treated him. I can't even believe he'd be stupid enough to say, I want to retire a cowboy. I mean, uh, yes. the guy never got what he wanted. He never got the deal he wanted. He got $31.5 million because they had to give him that. ESPN reportedly tried to pull Sean McVay off the sideline and into the broadcast booth for Monday Night Football. Can you imagine the gall of these people? And then they still ended up with a crappy booth. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fan question time on Coast to Coast. Trevor writes in, Pharrell, what ways uh, will the NFL be impacted by college football 
being completely postponed. Well, first of all, we don't know about that. We know certain conferences, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12, Mountain West, Ivy. There's a lot of conferences uh, that have canceled their fall sports and football. We understand all that and more may follow, but we still are hanging by a thread with the ACC, SEC, and Big 12. They all say they're going to move forward. So I think ways that it could be affecting the NFL, the combine could be affected. I can care less about that stupid combine. I got to be honest with you. That is the most overrated alleged sports event of the year when all these trolls and losers go to Indianapolis and act like the world's changing because guys are being on a scale or jumping up and hitting a tag in the air or running a 40 or watching uh, media professionals run the 40. How embarrassing is that? I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And then the draft, I think, could be moved to May or June. I don't know how liberal the NFL is about moving their draft. The COVID was going on last spring, and they didn't move it. They moved it a couple days, but they had it virtually. I think they'll do that again. I know that uh, ESPN is clamoring for Saturday NFL games. I've said already on this show, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, it's coming. Know that. Bottom line is now college and pro football is seven days a week. It's essentially seven days a week. It's Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, the only days they don't do it are Tuesday, Wednesday, and they still do that on Mac games. It's literally seven days a week now. And the other thing is Fox has interest in uh, the XFL, just a sidebar. Uh, They want to air XFL games. If the Rock can get their act together and their uh, group of, of financiers to make it all happen, that could end up coming to fruition. I got to be honest, last year's XFL product was pretty good. We continue on coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 